ask you to open our ears, open our hearts. Lord, let us hear with your ears, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name. Well, you know, last week John did an awesome job. If you hadn't heard his message, you need to listen to it. But one of the things that he was talking about was the serpent on the pole. If you didn't read that from the New Testament perspective of the walk to Emmaus, I mean the road to Emmaus where Jesus, he said, Oh, fools and slow of heart not to believe all the prophets have said to you. And he said, and at that place he began to preach to themselves all the scriptures in the law and the prophets concerning himself. Boy, would I like to hear that. And their hearts, they said, did not our hearts burn within us as he opened to us all the scriptures concerning himself? And if you got to read, when you read the Bible, you've got to look at the Bible in light of what he said. Everything. Jesus was the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. Isn't that a new thing? I'm telling you, you've got to look into Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. And we're talking about kingdom. He spoke to me and said, you need to start looking at the kingdom in, in the light of the exchange. But I just want to say something before I start. The kingdom was, the kingdom is, and the kingdom will come. Now, I want to get that straight. It's not like you can put it here than there. The kingdom was, the, the kingdom has always been the kingdom of the Father and always will be. The kingdom was, the kingdom is now, and the kingdom will be. So I don't want you to get confused as we're going through this because, you know, most of the church has put the kingdom just a few more weary days and I'll fly away. All right? But it's not. The kingdom's always been. It is. It's like salvation. Somebody says, well, are you saved? I say, I was, I am, and I will be. It's all three. Second Corinthians chapter 1. We had the sentence of our death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God that raised us from the dead, who delivered us from so great a death, and doth deliver us, and he will yet deliver us. You got it? It is. It was. It is. And it's going to be. All right. I can go home now. I'm through. No. Luke chapter 16. Verse 13 says, No man can serve two masters. For either will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, we know that's talking about uh, wealth there. But I want you to see something here about the word mammon. And I looked that up in the, in the Strong's, and it says it comes from the word confidence. Have no confidence in your wealth. Confidence is the key word there. It's confidence. Why does people want to trust in riches? Why do you want to put your confidence in riches? See what he's saying there? You can't serve riches and God. You can't have your confidence there. That's why he says, Woe unto them that go down to Egypt and trust in, in, in Egypt or the shadow of Egypt. We can't put our trust in the government or what's going on around us. I'm telling Jesus is the only one you can put your trust in. For thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in him. Isaiah 26.3. So get over it. Just put your trust where it needs to be. Enjoy the ride. And the Pharisees also who were covetous heard all these things and they derided him. And he said, You are they which justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed among men is abomination in the sight of God. There's your two servants, see. And he says, The law and the prophets were until John. Say until John. No more. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached and every man presses into it. Well, that's an interesting word, presses into it. And, you know, as I looked at that word pressed into it, I looked it up, and it, it, it really means forcefully urged into it, forcefully urged into it. 
What did Jesus say in Matthew 6? He said, broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many go therein. But narrow is the way that leads to life, and few there be that find it. Narrow means to be, to be squeezed in. Narrow. This is what it's talking about. The kingdom is narrow. It's only one way in, and Jesus is the way in. It's narrow. But you know what's got to happen before you get in there? There's a lot of struggling and stuff going on that's going to be falling off your side for you to get into. A lot of religious junk has to fall off for you to understand the kingdom. There's a lot of death has to happen for you to enter into the kingdom. There has to be a narrowing in to get in. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but through Jesus. It's a narrow way. There's not many ways. There's only one way. And Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father. And he presses into. Now, you know, in Matthew chapter 11, Jesus said from the days of John the Baptist till now, the kingdom suffers violence, and the violent took it by force. It was something you had to do yourself to get there. You had to take it. But he said, till now. Say now. now. Something's changed. Yeah. Say something's changed. Yeah. Well, what's changed is Luke 12. What is it? When Jesus said in Luke twelve thirty-two, I think it is somewhere along there. He says, fear not, little children. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. <laughs> to give you the kingdom. The kingdom is not something that's, that's hard to get, but there is a problem here. That word means, it says, to crowd oneself into it. To crowd oneself into it. Why? There's a lot of junk hanging on you that don't want to go in. You have a no mind that don't want to go there. You have a no mind that's not subject to the will of God and never will be. But we have the mind of Christ. And so we see there is a, there's a pressing and you say, it's God's pleasure to give you the kingdom. You know, in John chapter 1, Jesus said, as many as he came to his own, his own received him not. But as many as did receive him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to those that believed into his name. And received him, as many as received. That word received is to crowds oneself into. It's, it means to grab a hold of. It means to take it by force, forcefully take it. You know, he's done all this stuff for us, and it's been given to us in promise form. Having these promises, Second Corinthians 7, once let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. That's not a work. Having these precious what? Promises. A promise doesn't do you any good unless you take it. Yes. Take it to yourself, into yourself. Receive it into yourself. I believe he's taken us into realms of the kingdom we have not been before. And we want to go in there and see the kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But we've got to see there is something there for us to begin to see. His kingdom is coming and it is here. In Mark 1.15 he says, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom is at hand. What is it? The time is fulfilled. Say fulfilled. fulfilled. It's over. It's the kingdom is now. It is now. The kingdom is now. And he says, repent. Well, what does repent mean? Now, we've all been trained in this repent, but I want to go to it one more time. The word repent means to change the way you think. You go in one way, you think different, you go in another way. Okay? Repentance is not just being sorrow. 1 Corinthians 3 says godly sorrow works repentance, but it's not repentance. Repentance is a gift of God. And, and it says that in 2 Timothy 2.25, In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if peradventure, God will give you repentancing, 
repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. That you may recover yourselves out of the snare of the devil who have been taken captive by him at his will. What does it say? The truth, you know, will set you free. And what happens? God will give you an exchange of thinking. That's what repentance is, an exchange. Because you change your mind, we know you can't change your mind. But we have the mind of Christ. Where did we get it? We exchanged. We exchanged the old for the new. We have a new mind. We think different. And that's what repent means. Exchange your thinking and your acting and believe the gospel. Isaiah 53 is the gospel that covers, it starts out covering the whole spirit, soul, and body in Isaiah 53. Exchange your thinking. As I was thinking about that, most of our biggest problems is trying to reasoning out things. That's why 2 Corinthians 10 says this. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, rulers of darkness of the world. And the reason he said that it's, we're not wrestling with flesh and blood. And he says that we are to bring into captivity every what? Thought. It's on what kind of thinking is it? Is it carnal thinking? Is it old law thinking? Or is it the, the thinking of Christ? The new way of thinking. Bring every thought into obedience to Christ and what Christ has done for you. Don't allow your mind to be thinking in realms that, that doesn't make sense. Uh, Justin asked me something today, and it was real simple, wasn't it? It sounded hard, but it wasn't, was it? No. Because you've got to think the way you think now when you see things from the exchange position you're in of who you really are in Christ. Amen. Matthew 4.23, And Jesus went about all of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. What is the gospel of the kingdom? Matthew 24 says this gospel of the kingdom must be preached in all the world for witness and then the end will come. It's not any gospel. It's the gospel of the kingdom. Why? It's the kingdom of God, the rule of God on earth. But look, let's, let's see what happens here in the kingdom. And healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease, softness, effeminacy. That's what disease is there if you want to know, effeminacy. He healed all sickness and disease and effeminacy. That's the gospel of the kingdom. It's setting the captives free. It's healing the sick, cleansing the leper, and casting out devils. It's doing the stuff. Now, I believe we're coming into a realm of the kingdom where we're going to see more of this stuff happening on a daily basis wherever you go. Not just on church on Sunday, but everywhere you go, at Walmart and everywhere else. You're going to see the gospel of the kingdom in its full operation as you go into this world. Huh? I'm telling you, he's standing tall now. Lift him up. Lift him up. Lift him up. Yeah, see that serpent on the pole. That's Jesus. High and lifted up. Okay, Matthew 5, 3 says, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Why is that poor in spirit? Because the poor has no confidence in the flesh. What did Paul say in Philippians there? He says, We are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and have no confidence in the flesh. That's the word mammon. No confidence. You can't put your, your trust in mammon. It's like he said, what good's it going to have a whole safe full of money when money's no good? Besides, the government's printed so much of it all the time. Whenever they need them a little more, they just go print more. Payday someday. But you know what? Jesus said, all these things must come to pass. Don't worry about it. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Consider the lilies and all this stuff. It's all there in Matthew. Consider it. Seek you first the kingdom. And his what? Righteousness. 
Now you can seek first the kingdom and your own righteousness and get in trouble, can't you? Oh, I better have a drink now. I'm getting in trouble. It's his righteousness that's important because he that knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. We're going to seek his righteousness. We are standing in his presence in his righteousness. So we can come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Matthew used kingdom of heaven. Mark and Luke used kingdom of God. They're both the same. Don't know why there's a difference, but there's a difference. And that's where I said most people think of the kingdom of heaven is someday. Just a few more weary days and we'll fly away. I'm telling you the kingdom was, the kingdom is, and the kingdom's coming. Oh, it's coming. But I'm telling you the main thing is for you to understand it's now. The reason we're not seeing the kingdom manifestations like we should, we still think there's something else has to happen. I want to tell you something. There's nothing else has to happen. Nothing else has to happen. You know, I was looking over here in Daniel chapter 7. Oh, hold my mule. I'm, I'm getting stirred up now. Somebody may have to kick Chester a time or two over here for me in a minute. In Daniel chapter 7, he says in verse 9, I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days, who is the Ancient of Days? Ooh, God sitting on his throne. Whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was like a fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. And fire streamed, issued, and came forth from before him. Thousands of thousands ministered unto him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set and the books were opened. Woo! Revelation 21 says the books were opened and another book was opened. The book of life. And the ones that wasn't in the book of life was judged out of the other book. How many of you want to be judged out of the other book? No way. You want to be judged by the books of that one. And I beheld because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake. And even the beast was slain and the body destroyed and give to the burning fire. Now listen. And concerning the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion taken away. Say taken away. And their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. And I saw in the night vision, behold, one like the Son of God. Say, hey, the Son of God. Came with clouds of heaven and came to the ancient of days. And they brought him near before him. And there was given to him dominion and glory and a kingdom and all the people and nations and languages should serve him. And his dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away in his kingdom that shall not be destroyed. Are you with me? Now, verse 18 says, but the saints of the most high shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever and ever and ever. That's you. Jesus said, some authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore. <clears throat> and what? Do the stuff. Do the kingdom stuff. 22 says, Until the ancients of days came and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High. And the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. I'm telling you, it's now. There's nothing else leads to, needs to happen. I want to tell you, when Jesus said it's finished, I don't care what all this other stuff says. It is finished from the foundation of the world. And everything else that's got to happen is going to go back to that it's finished. Everything. I don't care if it was and it is and it is to come. It's still coming back to that finished. It's finished. He sat down at the right hand of the Father expecting all his enemies to be made his footstool. He gave power to the saints of the Most High. 
All right. Verse 27, And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of his kingdom under the whole earth shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. Now, if I don't give you grounds to shout, I don't know what will. Now, what the children of Israel and the the disciples in Acts, they said, Acts chapter 1, they said, Will you at this time restore for 40 days? He talked to them things concerning the kingdom. I'm sure that was frustrating. Because he would have liked to go sit down at the right hand of the Father. Forty days he's trying to explain the kingdom. And Peter said, well, now, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? So he said, well, I guess it ain't going to work. <clears throat> he says, it's not for you know the time of the season which the God has put in his own hands. But one thing about it, you're going to receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you're going to understand everything. You remember what we, we shared two weeks ago, Matthew sixteen nineteen, when he said to Peter, I give you the key to the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. And Jesus said in Matthew twelve twenty eight, he says, if I by the Holy Ghost cast out devils, the kingdom has come to you. Yes. The Holy Spirit is the key to the kingdom. Yes. Jesus said he's going to take the things of mine and show it to you. All that the Father has is mine, therefore he'll take the things of mine and show it to you. And he'll what? Lead and guide you into some truth. All true. Now we beholding as in a mirror, 2 Corinthians 3.18, are being exchanged into that very image, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. The Holy Spirit is the kingdom administrator. You've got to understand that. Jesus is the door, but the Holy Spirit is the key into the door. He'll take the things of mine and show it unto you. That's why it's important for us to understand you've got to have the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost for everything to start happening. The Peter before Pentecost is not the same Peter. Peter before was hiding. He's afraid he's going to get killed. Now he's boldly proclaiming this Jesus whom you killed and God raised from the dead. It's by his authority that these things is happening. What happened to Peter? The Holy Ghost came upon him. Because Jesus said what? As the Father sent me, so send I you. And he breathed on them and said, Receive you the Holy Spirit. Whosoever sins you remit, they're remitted. Whosoever sins you retained, are retained. He's given you more authority than you understand. If you see a brother sin a sin which is not unto death, you shall ask life for that sin not unto death, and it shall be granted him. Yes. Yeah, you which are spiritual. If, any, if, if a brother fall into sin, you which are spiritual, restore, set him right, restore him, and reinstate him. You have authority to do that on earth. All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. You go therefore and carry it out. He that sinneth is of the devil. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Why are we here to destroy the works of the devil? What is the works of the devil? Sin. By one offering he took care of sin forever. It's not future. It's now. That wasn't in my notes. Just thought I'd throw that out while it's here. <laughs> Matthew twenty twenty one. The mother of James and John said, Grant that these two my two sons may set the one on the right hand, the other on the left in your kingdom. See, there they were not understanding the kingdom. Jesus said, Can you drink of the cup that I'm going to drink of? Yes. And you and be baptized with the baptism? Yes, we can do that. But he said, It's not my place to give you that on the right and the left. So my father has that yes. position. And he went on to explain to them about authority. He says, he that's greatest in the kingdom is servant of all. Yes. He that's your chief is your minister. See, that kind of thinking is not what is in this world today, guys. Yes. 
that Gentile authority that we have to operate all of us in this world we're in is not the kind of authority that Jesus said you need. Right? He that's greatest among you is the servant to all. A minister to all. And that's what he was trying to teach them at that time. And isn't it amazing that, that James and John there were, he called them sons of thunder. Sons of thunder. This is the same John that wrote First John. Beloved, let us love one another. Now are you the sons of God. Does not yet appear what you shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him, he purifies him even as he is pure. You like that? And if you walk in the light as he's in the light, you have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ continually cleanses you from all sins, past, present, and future. Because he ever lives at the right hand of the Father to make intercession. Oh, come on now. It's better than the good. It's too good to be true. But it is true. It is astounding. Oh, Lord. Woo, 1 Thessalonians 5, 9 says, We were not appointed unto wrath. God did not appoint us unto wrath. That's why Jesus did what he did for us. All right, I'll slow down a little bit. Luke, let's go to Luke 21. You know, this is a day for you to, to begin to see who you are. I'm telling you, in light of the kingdom, who you are. I'm telling you, we're going to see some things happen. You know, I've resisted this whole fear mess that's going on. It makes me mad, all the stuff's going on. You know, because that's not who we are. In Revelation 21, the first one in the lake of fire is the fearful. Come on. He said men's heart would be failing them for fear of looking at what's coming on the, on the earth. But Daniel says they that know their God at this time is going to be strong and doing exploits. These are kingdom people. These are kingdom people. They're not people that's afraid of what's going to go on there. All right. Where are we at? Matthew 21, verse 25. And there shall be signs in the sun and the moon. All right. So we have another blood moon. Here we go. Okay. Let her, let her rip upon the earth. Distress of races. Perplexity. The seas waves roaring. Jesus said all these things must happen. But men's heart failing them for fear of looking what's coming on, coming on the earth. The things that's coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Let them be shaken. He said, I'm going to shake everything that can be shaken. So that that which cannot be shaken will remain. And we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Amen. Let us have grace wherewith we may be able to serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. He that fears God has nothing else to fear. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draws nigh. Oh, a second coming. Okay, let's keep it going then. Behold the fig tree, all the trees. They now shoot forth, and we see and know within yourself that summer is nigh at hand. So likewise, when you see these things come to pass, know that the kingdom of God is at hand. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. Uh-oh. He said that generation wouldn't pass away till it's fulfilled. When it says about the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord, whenever he died and he was resurrected, that was the day of the Lord. His resurrection was your resurrection. His grave was your grave. His cross was your cross. 
We've been made to sit with him in heavenly places already. We've been seated. He said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away. Verse 33. Don't let your hearts. Here we go. Let's go ahead and read it. 34. Take heed to yourself, lest your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and the cares of this life, so that the day come upon you unaware. A snare will it come on all them that dwell on the face of the earth. But watch therefore, pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things and stand before the Son of Man. Don't let your hearts be overcharged. The message Bible says with shopping, women. Fear shopping. Don't get caught up in fear shopping. You know, this thing's real. I'm telling you, something could happen today or tomorrow that's going to cause, trigger something. Within three days, there will be nothing left on the shelves here. Nothing. It's that critical. It could happen. But what if it does happen? So what? What is that to us? We're in this world, but we're not of this world. Our kingdom is not of this world. That's why he said in Isaiah 30, Woe unto you that go down to Egypt to trust in the shadow of Egypt. And he says, Egypt is flesh and not spirit. Why do you have your confidence in flesh instead of the Lord? Jeremiah seventeen five said, Cursed is a man that trusts in man that makes flesh his strength. Don't let your flesh or somebody else be your confidence. Let God be your confidence in all the stuff that's going on. All right. He goes on to say here in, in 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty. Oh, do I want to read that? Yeah, I do. I want to go ahead. 1 Corinthians 15. I may not get through, but it's okay. 1 Corinthians 15. It would be the first time I didn't get through, wouldn't it? 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty. Now look at this. But now is Christ risen from the dead. When? Now. And has become the first fruits of them that slept. So if the first fruits, there's many other fruits. He was the last Adam, and he is the second man. Amen. Amen. Of a whole new race. Since by Adam came death, by man came resurrection from the dead. For as Adam and Adam all die, even in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the first fruits, afterward they did a Christ at his coming. Then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, and when he hath put down all rule and authority and power. For he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. I think I read someone in Revelation. He said, Behold, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of death and hell. And I believe it says in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, For as much then as children are partakers of flesh and blood, he himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that hath the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So the last enemy has already been taken care of. So that tells me all this other stuff's already been taken care of. So the day of the Lord is at hand because he's been raised from the dead and we've been raised with him. So why do you want to put this off into some future? I know some future is going to happen. One of these days he's going to come back. And all these things is going to happen. Because it says in 1 Peter. Well, here we go. Let's go to 1 Peter. Woo, glory. Well, we got it, didn't we? Do I want to go to 1 Peter right now? I guess I can. But I'd rather look at Second Peter. Let's go to Second Peter chapter 3. 
Now let's go back to my original statement. The kingdom was, the kingdom is, and the kingdom is going to come. There will be an end to what's going on around here. But I want to tell you something. What's going on around here is not affecting his kingdom one bit. It's not affecting his kingdom. He's just going to wrap it up one of these days. But his kingdom is not sitting there wondering what's going on with all these other kingdoms. There'll be an end to it. Oh, thank you, Lord. Mm -mm. All right. Let's start in 2 Peter chapter 3. This second epistle, beloved, I write unto you, in both which I stir you up by pure minds and way of remembrance, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before the holy prophets and the commandments of the apostles and the Lord and the Savior, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust, saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth stands out of the water and in the water, where the world that then was being overflowed with water perished, but the heavens and earth which now are by the same word kept in store, reserved unto the fire against the day of judgment and perdition to ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of one thing. Say, I'm not ignorant. That one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is a day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, and is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to exchange. You all right with that? But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. Now listen. He said what? The day of the Lord is going to come when there's married and giving and marrying and everything's going on just like normal. And he's going to come as a thief in the night. It's not going to be all this chaos going on and then he's going to come. No, he's going to come and then the chaos is going to happen. He's coming as a thief in the night when you expect not. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth and the works thereof will be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of person ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Looking for it. Now what are we doing? We're not in fear and terror. We're looking for it. You're looking for it. Look it. Looking for the hastening unto the coming day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Don't run in fear. Get you a lawn chair and watch it happen. Come on now. Get you a lawn chair. I'm telling you, this is going to be a glorious day for you. Now look, he says, Nevertheless, we according to his what? Promise. Whereby are given to us exceeding great and precious promises that by these promises we may be a partaker of his divine nature having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. How do we escape? Through his promises. Okay. Look, we look. Now look. Nevertheless, we according to his promise look for what kind of heaven? A new heaven and a new earth wherein dwells righteousness. This earth and this heaven is going to be dissolved and burned up. But he's making a new one. A new heaven and a new earth wherein dwells righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, what elements melting with fervent heat and all this stuff happening. Wherefore, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him. How? In peace. In your lawn chair without spot and blameless. Why? Because you've been clothed with his robe of righteousness. These are those that have come out of great tribulation that have washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb. So what? We have great tribulation. 
What, is it, what was you saying a while ago? They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. That word lives their souls. What is your soul? Your mind, your will, and emotion. You love not your mind, will, and emotion. So have authority over your mind, will, and emotion, and don't let fear rule it. You rule over fear. Because God didn't give you the spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. <clears throat> Be found of him without spot. Blameless. You can't do that on your own. And to count that the long-suffering of our Lord Jesus is salvation, even as our beloved Paul wrote, according to the wisdom given to him, hath written unto you. Is that good? All right. All authority has been given. Jesus said in Luke 11:20, If I by the finger of God cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom has come upon you. Amen. You know, one of the scriptures in Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. <clears throat> you know, it says here in 2. Let me get my pen out of the way here. I'll find it. Okay. He's talking about the day. Verse 2, we'll start in verse 1. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the gathering together into him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or troubled, neither by spirit nor by word. Don't listen to the news. Nor by letters from us that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. That the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, <clears throat> who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God. That's called the spirit of Antichrist. And is worshipped so that he as God sits in the temple showing himself as God. I was reading that one day, and you know, that's a perfect picture of your own nature. It's not subject to God, and neither will be. Your own mind can't be. It's not subject to God, and never will be. And what is, you, you see people that's totally lost. The humanists think they are God. Okay, just thought I'd throw that out. Remember, that is, and there's another one coming. Remember you not, when I was yet with you, I told you these things. Now you know that he that withholdeth, that he might be revealed in his last day. Now, he said, some version says the Holy Spirit is taken out. The restrainer is taken out. But you know what's interesting? This Down here in the footnote, it says, The verse does not re- refer to the departing of the Holy Spirit, but to the removal of his restraining power. He just backs off and lets the, the devil do that. He ain't going nowhere. I said he ain't going nowhere till we go somewhere. And he never going to leave us nor forsake us. But he will allow this. And he says, Then shall the wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they, what's the word, lambano? They didn't take it. They receive not that the love of the truth that they might be saved. For this cause God shall send them strong delusions to believe a lie. That they might be damned who believe not the truth but have pleasure in unrighteousness. Amen. Give me an amen. amen. The Holy Spirit is the kingdom administrator. When he the Spirit has come, he will guide you into all truths. You know, that's what's so awesome. What, what we were singing a while ago. 
Jesus said, the works that I do, when he comes, the works that I do shall he do, and also greater works will he do, because I go to my Father, and then all of it's going to begin to happen, because I'm going to be multiplied thousands of times, thousands of ten thousands, over and over again in, in the lives of my people. So you're going to do the works that I do. Amen. You know, most of the Jewish people in the church still believe something else has to happen for the kingdom to be a reality. The kingdom was, the kingdom is, and it's going to come. It is going to happen. The Jews still are looking for a Messiah. And most church members are staying, singing just a few more weary days. So why? The enemy has done a good job of blinding you to the kingdom. Because the devil knows, Second Corinthians 4, 4, the God of this world blinds the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of the kingdom should shine unto you. You've got to have the Holy Spirit to, allow it to, to see the kingdom. Jesus said, except you be born again, you can't see the kingdom. A lot of people are born again and see the kingdom as just a few more weary days and then. But if you want to enter into the kingdom, he said, you must be born of water and the Holy Spirit to enter into it and enjoy it. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it abundant life. That's what we're to have now, not fear, abundant life now. And so that's what we've got to contend for. And so we're not going that other path. There is coming a reign of the kingdom of God. I know it says that all the nations of this world will be given to the Son of God, and he's going to give them to the Father. And for a thousand years, we're going to reign here on this earth. But one thing I do know, Revelation 21 says, After that, the deceiver is locked in a pit for a thousand years, and he deceives the nations no more for a thousand years. And at the end of that thousand years, he's going to be loose for a season to go deceive the nations. I would really like to know why. God lets him out of that pit once he got him in there. But that's not my deal. And he's going to go deceive the nations. And that's when all the earth and everything in it is going to be destroyed. But Revelation says this. He's making a new heaven and a new earth. We read that well ago. Wherein dwells righteousness. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth and a new Jerusalem come in. And he says this. Now catch this. Your scripture may say something a little different. Most of the verses says, Behold, I make all things new. But the Greek says, Look, now, new all things. He's not going to make old things new. He's going to make new things. New heaven, new earth, new everything. We're dealing with the creator, not somebody that recycles. Oh, thank you, Lord. All things have become new. Oh. Oh, thank you, Lord. You know, when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom should come, he said, the kingdom does not come with observation. You're not going to see the kingdom by just observing. He says, but the kingdom of God is within you. Amen. Neither say low here or low there. The kingdom of God is within you. Ecclesiastes said in 3.11 says, God and Amplified, God has set eternity in the hearts of every man. A divinely implanted sense of purpose that nothing under the sun but God can satisfy. This was before the foundation of the world. This thing was all happened. Read Ephesians first chapter, very first few verses. We were chosen in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and without blemish before him in love. It's incredible. So chill out. 
Just don't fret over all the stuff that's going on. The kingdom of God has always been, and it is, and it will be. The kingdom is coming. You know, the kingdom coming in the future is nice. It'll be nice. But we and the people in this world need the kingdom now. We need the kingdom and its administrator now for what's going on around us in this world. No man can come to the Father except the key bring him. We need the Holy Spirit. If you're here today and you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you want to, come on up here. We just happen to have a few to pray for you. Because the Holy Spirit is the key to the kingdom. He is the key. He is the key. That's why the devil fights the Holy Spirit baptism so much. Why is that? Because Jesus didn't say, I'm going to cast out the devil. He said, if I by the Holy Ghost cast out devils. So how are you going to cast out devils? All right. How are you going to help anybody if you don't have the Holy Ghost? Come on now. So if you, if you need the baptism, come on down when we get through. Well, I finished. Not really. Do you understand that the kingdom was and the kingdom is and the kingdom is coming? Do you know that you're already in the kingdom and the kingdom is in you? There's not another thing. I'm telling you, there's not one other thing has to happen in the scripture for him to come. But you know what? He wants this gospel of the kingdom of exchange to be preached everywhere. Then the end will come. So let not your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting or shopping. Don't do that. Because you know what? God gives you a new heart. So if your heart's overcharged, it's because you're listening to the wrong heart. That old heart's deceitful and desperately wicked. So don't feed on all that stuff. Amen? You know, you don't stick your head in the sand. You know, be sober. What's going on around you? But I'm telling you, you don't get your eyes off the author and finish your your faith. Woo, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down to the right hand of the Father. Consider him. Amen? All right, you're dismissed.